0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard The latest Scotland squad's been announced With a place for Ryan Jack But no room for Lee Griffiths Ian Durant says Rangers' chances of winning silverware Could hinge on keeping Alfredo Morelos this week And Bobby Madden will referee Sunday's Old Firm game I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna As you say, there is a Rangers player in the Scotland squad And Celtic players in the Scotland squad there is a Rangers Europa League tie and a Celtic Europa League tie. We don't want to talk about them, Gordon. We only want to talk about Rangers versus Celtic. There is less than five days to go. Bit of a strange build-up, Gordon, because it's obviously a massive game, but but there is a lot happening in between times. How can you fully predict who plays on Sunday or, or how Sunday goes when you've got no idea what's going to happen in Europe on Thursday? I think if you've got everybody fit, Gordon, you'll have, the manager will have a fair idea who's starting probably 10 as... Uh, there'll be an odd uh, occasion where he'll look at a player and think You know, you could play yourself into Sunday's game on Thursday night With a real good performance But it's all about getting Thursday out the road Getting getting through to the, the group stages uh, Checking everybody Friday, Saturday is fit and ready to go Because there'll be no signs of tiredness No matter if you're travelling or you're playing on a Thursday night In a difficult game Ranger Celtic at Ibrox takes care of itself First one of the season Everybody's looking forward to it Everybody's got their opinion Can't wait And of course Roger Hanna We are inside the final week Of the transfer window So to fans of all teams The countdown is on What does your team need Between now and then? Well I think every team Will say they need something Um, Neil Lennon mentioned Celtic Park on Sunday He was looking for Three more players Before the transfer window closed Stephen Gerrard Any time he's asked He always just leaves the door ajar a little bit Now whether he's leaving it ajar for Ryan Kent Or whether he's leaving it ajar for, for someone else We have to wait and see I think a lot will depend Not only how the two teams do on Thursday night I.e. do they qualify for the group phase of the Europa League And get all that money laid before them But but what do other teams do? Are, are there teams who could get knocked out the Champions League qualifiers And, and lose players other teams get knocked out of Europe altogether and, and lose players And and what do the English Premier League teams do Once they've named their 25-man squads for the season the, the guys who don't make the squads Could they be of interest to Celtic or Rangers? So that's one to keep running, around, running along I should say in the background all evening What does your team need between now and the end of the transfer window? We're inside the final week So let us know 01419511025 Let's kick off with the Scotland squad though Because it was announced today uh, Breaking news if you like Give us your thoughts on it on the phones or on Twitter Stevie Clark has named his group to take on Russia and Belgium I'm certainly not going to run through them all uh, Roger Hanna But pick out a couple of highlights for us Or, or talking points um, Of the players in Robert Snodgrass back in Not always a fixture under Alec McLeish Or under Steve Clark in his first two games Has made himself available Stephen Naismith hasn't played for Hearts For the last couple of weeks But is in the squad and playing And at the back with so many injuries Back comes Grant Hanley Back comes Liam Cooper And in comes Charlie Mulgrew Again despite the fact he's yet to play a league game For his new club Wigan Of the absentees We mentioned McKenna No John Souter No David Bates No Craig Gordon Which quite surprised me We're playing for Celtic in Sweden on Thursday night 
And of course no Lee Griffiths uh, Ryan Jack is in Gordon He enters a midfield With an unbelievable Amount of competition though. Mm-hmm. John McGinn And Scott McTominay Performing in the English Premier League Callum McGregor Ryan Christie Up here Just to name but a few um, We clearly are short At, at, at central defence and, and probably Further forward as well uh, But that midfield area Is Jam packed yeah. yeah it's full of talent And young talent And as you said McGinn and people like that Playing the Premier League In England But I've got to say on the performances so far this season, Ryan Jack deserves his place in the Scotland squad, Gordon. Um, when he came down from Aberdeen, beginning of his Rangers career, I wasn't too sure. Uh, but since Stephen Gerrard's come in, I think he's just improved game after game after game. Uh, I gave him man of the match at the weekend. I know Mark Guidi doing super scoreboard for us gave it to Jermaine Defoe. But uh, no surprise to me I think he merits his place in the squad But he'll have to fight for a starting Would you pick him? Uh, Roger, uh, no I don't think I would I think there's too much in front of him 0141-951-1025 That is the number you need to get in touch tonight So let's hear from you And we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB Stevie Clark says Lee Griffiths is valuable to Scotland But only when he's fit and ready to play He's named the squad for the qualifiers Against Russia and Belgium Griffiths does miss out But Clark says he was in his thoughts He's got some fantastic attributes Uh, I just look at him just now And he's come a long way in a short space of time After a very difficult spell in his life and I feel we should just give him a little bit more time to settle into the the role again at Celtic, get get himself fully fit, firing. And a fully fit, firing, sharp Lee Griffiths will, will always be good for us. But at the moment, I, I just feel it's a little bit too early to push him. You speak to people about uh, certain individual players to, to, to get a little bit of background, but the decision is my decision. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm paid for. It certainly sounds like as good a reason as any, Roger Hanna. It, it, you can see where the frustration comes from because we're not blessed in that area. We could clearly be doing with someone who's who's going to get goals, um, but it's a fairly sensible explanation from Stevie Clark. It is. Um, I think if Lee Griffiths is finding an old he's Scotland's first choice centre forward by a distance. Um, at the minute, for various reasons, he's not firing an old cylinders, Gordon. You saw even in the last couple of weeks. Vakunisov Bio has now moved ahead of him in the pecking order at Celtic So he's, he's not quite up to speed yet Hopefully he'll be up to speed by the time of the next double header in October And they can come into the squad I think it's a shame there's no Stephen Fletcher Playing well, scored for Sheffield Wednesday again at the weekend Clearly he's not in a position where he feels he can marry The demands of international football to the demands of club football Noticeable no Oli Burke He's not getting a game under Slavin Village back at West Brom So can't be picked And no Eamon Brophy either Steve Clark knows him very well from Kilmarnock Gave him his debut Leading the line against Cyprus in the last home game Last month Sorry in June I should say So he's not in the squad either So I think we'd look at either Stephen Naismith Or Oliver McBurney The £20 million man from the English Premier League Yeah um, Lee Griffiths I totally understand Gordon um, You know it'll give him time to get back in Playing regular football um, concentrating his club football just now Most important for him um, Especially with Bio Coming in at the weekend there £2 million player And and making a very good impact So Lee Griffiths I think will be do- All his concentration will be in club football just now um, I, uh, You look at We have got a £20 million, Whether you, say, you value him at £20 million or not That's your opinion But he's a £20 million striker Playing the English Premier League 
and it'll be interesting to see. I do agree with Steve Clark. Uh, Brophy came in. I thought he was just lacking a little bit at that level. May need a bit of time. Um, but we're certainly blessed in the middle of the park. And if we can get the ammunition to the forwards, hopefully we can get goals. 01419511025. What do you make of the Scotland squad today? Who would you have had in it who's perhaps been left out? And have you got anyone who you certainly wouldn't? Have included Who's managed to get the nod From Stevie Clark Tell us on the phones Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB You'll also find The full squad list Over there on Twitter Colin It's an Easter house Hi Colin Hi Gordon How you doing How you doing Gordon How you doing Roger Hi Colin Um, uh, Questions for Roger I like Roger's take on things Sorry Roger um, Ryan Jackett called up today For the Scotland team Yeah Um, And I'll give you my two reasons Why I should um, Probably moan for the boy Yep but this is my two reasons why I wish you would just tell Scotland to go and take a run and jump, to be honest with you. And I'll give you my two reasons. The first one was um, the last time he put a Scotland top on, uh, get booed with everybody that he hit by Scotland fans. So he did. And secondly, Stevie Clark at Kamalock in his last game, um, when he was saying to Rangers, I just got the impression that, yeah, everybody come and watch Scotland, but Rangers fans need not apply. Oh, we should take on that Roger Well the, the first one And you're right They were Scotland fans But I think you'll find The majority of them Were probably Aberdeen fans The game against Holland When Malky Mackay Was in temporary charge Colin was up at Petodre And I think it was Aberdeen fans Expressing their Dissatisfaction With Ryan Jack That he left the club To go and play for Rangers Just for the sake of accuracy Roger as well It wasn't the last time He put a Scotland strip on He played at Hamden Against Belgium Back in September oh, and, right. and, and there weren't Really booze that yeah, night and So I, I, Listen that Just reinforces my point I think it was mainly Aberdeen fans That were jeering him that day S- Stevie Clark I, I've said this before On the show Colin I think Stevie Clark Got a bit carried away With himself that last afternoon as Kilmarnock manager His team had just beaten Rangers They had just qualified for Europe There was a kind of euphoric atmosphere at Rugby Park And uh, he got carried away with the hysteria And said things that he probably regrets saying As soon as he said that Bye bye Rangers he, he quickly, you could almost see The thought going in his head Where he thought oh, I better say bye bye Celtic as well So, so you know I'm, I'm not offending one set of fans I know exactly what you mean But I think if Stevie Clark Had the chance again He wouldn't have said those things He's in a different job now He's got different priorities now And if he wants to take Scotland forward We're not blessed with World class talent In every position He needs all the good players he can get And at the minute Ryan Jack's one of those good players I know where you're coming from Colin Because fans Care a lot about these types of things But ultimately If Ryan Jack can turn himself Into a regular International footballer Is that not better for Rangers And should that not be the bottom line? Absolutely Gordon I mean Like I said It's a prime moment for the boy I mean I think that's will be his third cap But it's just a, It's just left a bad taste In my mouth I remember uh, Clearly up in Petodre And I think there was A couple of boos Down in Hamden as well But every time I think he played right back As well up in Petodre Didn't he? He did, he did. Yeah Um he got absolutely slaughtered up there And I, I was watching it And I was like I should that boy put that uh, Top on again um, And he did Fair play to him He did um, And like I said The remarks for Stevie Clark I just felt that um, it's Basically I'm saying Rangers fans need not apply To come and support Scotland I mean Gordon you know? I don't think you can ignore The Pataudry factor in this mm-hmm. If this is 50,000 fans At Hamden Booing Ryan Jack Then you can you can understand It was at Pataudry It was soon after the move That's not to say it's right by the way Not at no. all Not even close um, But 
it's not exactly difficult to understand why it's not put Ryan Jack off. You know, players want to play for their country. One hundred percent, Gordon. I was just about to say that the boy wants to get to his end of his career, look back and think how many caps did I have for my country? What did I contribute to playing for my country? It's it's an honour to play with Scotland. Now you can get it at club football with your own supporters. If I've I've witnessed it, if fans don't take to you. Yeah, there've been a few boos. But it's up to you as a player to turn that around. Go out there and show them what you're all about, why you're picked first and foremost, and he deserves to be in the squad. And I think Ryan Jack will be looking forward to getting in there. There's massive competitions. We t- competition, sorry, we touched upon it at the top of the show with the quality that's in the middle of the park. But I think he thrives on that challenge. And I'm delighted that he's picked. Okay, thank you to Colin in Easterhouse. It's 0141-951-1025 to join him. Who would you have included in the Scotland squad who's not made it? And which players are you not happy to see being given the nod by Stevie Clark? Robert Snodgrass and Stephen Naismith return. There's a first call-up for Portsmouth goalkeeper Craig McGilvery. Maybe not a name, a household name. But Clark knows that the strength of the squad is in that midfield. We're good in midfield. Uh, no, no, lots of good options. As a manager, you want options. Like I said before, there's still a... For some of the players, there's, there's two games to go. For other players, there's, there's still a game to go. So, fingers crossed, no more no more injuries. And if I've got everyone there, then I've got to make tough decisions. But as a manager, that's that's what you like to do. It's better than making easy decisions. Two really important games for us. Uh, I'm going to make a little, not an appeal, but I'm going to I'm going to say that we're going to need the crowd. We're going to need a big crowd. Uh, these three games coming up. So. The two home games against the, the top two teams in the group and then obviously the next game after that's a, a trip to Russia. These three games, the number of points we get from these games are going to be crucial uh, in the long run. So for the Russia game, I would love it to be a full house. I'm not sure if it will be a full house, but the closer we can get to a full house, that back in would just maybe give the players that extra little bit of lift. Uh, funny Colin mentioned that day at Rugby Park, Roger, when the... the Stevie Clark's sign off But he, he filled the stadium that day And he said you know That was the equivalent of a Of a trophy To the Kilmarnock fans That was his parting gift to them And he's He's given a bit of a rallying cry there To the Scotland fans To say Come back please Because we know that Hamden has been empty And he says that To beat Russia We're, we're going to need them um, I think they will come back uh, It might not be until The Nations League playoff Next March Gordon Which I think will give Scotland Their only chance of qualifying For Euro 2020 I think Steve Clark It's no fault of his own I think he's come in At a time when The qualification campaign Scotland already Behind the eight ball The defeat in Kazakhstan Was Catastrophic Right at the very start um, Another defeat in Belgium Was perhaps to be expected But I don't think any of us here could, could really put our hand in our heart and say we're expecting maximum points from this double-header at home to Russia and Belgium. And we're already in a situation where if we don't get maximum points, I don't even think there's a chance of us getting the playoff place. So the best Stevie Clark can hope for is, for me, maybe four points, maybe a win against Russia, maybe a point against Belgium, who, after all, are one of the best teams in the world. And just to try and build a little bit more confidence among the supporters so that... When these Nations League playoffs come in March And we do have a legitimate chance of qualification for the finals Apex Hamden then It's interesting to hear Stevie Clark talking Gordon About the real sort of welcome to international football That he's got Because he turns up at Hamden yesterday morning 
And he's probably got a squad in his head Similar to the one he had the last time Which involves Scott McKenna It involves John Souter It involves Stuart Finlay Three central defenders But he finds out that they've all been injured on club duty And therefore you, you simply have to pick someone else Grant Hanley has always had a lot of criticism From mm-hmm. the Scotland fans He is the captain of an English Premier League team So where, where do you, you stand on him? Can he come back in and sort of make that place his own? He didn't well, start the English Premier League particularly well against Liverpool, of course. Well, th- well with own goal. Um, I think that because of so many call-offs, especially at the back, I think that's Steve Clark's best options. He's an experienced player. He's playing in the top league. He's a captain. Um, but it's not finished there yet, Gordon, because, you know, as Steve Clark rightly says, as a Scotland manager, you could have something in your head you're going to work on, the sort of a team that you're looking for, and then all of a sudden, you look at, he's got Rangers and Celtic players in there, they've got two massive games still to play, um, other players will probably have one as well, so you never know with the, the injuries and the call-offs, I don't think, obviously, Steve Clark will pick his squad there, the best squad they can pick, but he will not start really planning everything, Till probably Monday morning Once he knows exactly who he's got Yeah it's been difficult for him Because David Bates hasn't played A single minute of football This season either He he couldn't be in the squad There's only three centre halves In the 24 man squad If there is an injury over the weekend As Dan mm. says it leaves them short <clears throat> Who's the next cab off the rank Could it be Craig Halkett at Hearts? The reaction to the international squad day Is always the same Roger Along, I'm looking through the, the, the Twitter responses Along the lines of McBurney's hopeless Hanley's hopeless But who who else you know, do you well, pick? Mc- McBurney's not hopeless. He scored in the English Premier League against Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City at the weekend. So he definitely has qualities that persuaded Sheffield United to spend twenty million pounds on him. Maybe we haven't seen those qualities in a Scotland jersey yet, but he is a talented player. Hanley, Hanley's won an awful lot of caps. Um, he is captain of an English Premier League team. I'm quite sure if he went down to Norwich a week past on Saturday when they were beating mm. Newcastle United three one. You would be able to find a lot of Norwich City fans who are quite Absolutely. happy with his form. Um, the other one we have mentioned, really, Liam Cooper, captain of Leeds United. Who, and people have been calling for him who, to get in the squad for ages. came up to the English Premier League last season. And, and I would think will come up this season because they're already ahead of the rest. So, decent players. I'm not going to pretend it's Miller and McLeish or, or Hegarty and Neri, but I think these are the best ones Steve Clark could have chosen. Kieran and Rutherglen, what do you think? Oh, I've got two points I've got two points um, My first point is just um, Ryan Jack I'm a Celtic fan Personally myself But Ryan Jack's been An excellent performer And he deserves his place In the Scotland squad But I don't see him Getting straight into the first team I know there's a lot of clamour From particular You know Different fans Things like that Scotland who want to see him In the first team But I, I, I personally I don't see where he Slots into that midfield I just want to see What the panel think about that um, I sort of uh, I think if everybody's fit I'll agree with that Kieran. Uh I do agree also That he deserves his place In the squad And it's just like Every other player He's just got to sit there uh, Wait for his opportunity To come along Because that's one Area of the park That we're blessed With such talent uh, I know that when everybody's fit We've got two terrific Left backs as well But the middle of the park We've got young players in there We've got players that You know are playing at the top level in England um, I just think we're blessed with so many many good players you look at Christie for instance McGregor's uh, people like that as well uh, McGinn has, has been terrific since he was went down south McTominay is now a fixture in the Manchester United team 
So it is a big, big ask for Ryan Jack, but the only thing he can do is keep performing the way he's performing for his club because he's been absolutely brilliant from the beginning of the season mm. and wait for his chance. I mean, Roger, if, if we assume there are, let's say there are three central places of, for which Ryan Jack would be competing, he's competing with Stuart Armstrong, Ryan Christie, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay, Robert Snodgrass. That, that's quite uh, quite a strong area, yeah, to say the I, least. I, I would go for Callum McGregor, John McGinn, and Ryan Christie. No, no, no Scott McTominay? At the minute, no. Your backups would be Scott McTominay, Ryan Jack and Kenny McLean probably. You, you mentioned Armstrong and Snodgrass. I would tend to think they would be covered for Fraser and Forrest in, in the slightly more advanced positions there uh, because I think it will be a 4-3-3 with Forrest and Fraser starting either side of a centre-forward and Christy mm. behind the centre-forward, if you know what I mean. Kieran, we're already late for the break, but hang on and we'll get the rest of your points next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hannah and Gordon Diel are here with me, Gordon Duncan. It's 0141 951 1025 to get in touch. And you can tweet us at Clyde SSBCR33. I'm not reading all that out. You get the gist. Some guy with the longest uh, Twitter handle ever Ryan Jack getting called up is a good thing if he's a regular international starter it'll increase his market value more wages for Ryan better asset for Rangers everybody wins including Scotland but Eddie Irvin says Craig Halkett should have been called up it's embarrassing that he isn't says Eddie I think with only three centre halves in the squad that there's definitely a case for Craig Halkett to have been called up even if the manager has no intention of playing him in the two games I don't think it would do any harm to get a young player like Craig Halkett Involved in the squad, just been around, seen the other international players With a view to him, you know, been, been more involved in the future Kieran's still in Rutherglen, he's still on the line, hi Kieran. Hi there, how are you doing? Yeah, my, my second point is really more about what Steve Clark said About getting the fans behind him and things like that And I wasn't a fan of McLeish, but I put the support behind him And clearly I can see why straight away that I wasn't behind him in the first places Because he was the wrong choice Steve Clark was the right choice and I'm fully behind him because I think he'll be able to introduce young players into the squad, which Scotland desperately need. This idea of the old guard um, is the reason Scotland have failed in the last bids to get into cups, you know, to get into these um, competitions at the later stages, is because they rely on these players who went down south and lost their hunger, and lost their fire, and they don't they don't turn up for Scotland. And that's just my opinion on it. But I just think if the Scotland fans are really going to get behind Steve, I think the SFA should look at the drop in the ticket prices and trying to get fans in in numbers. Trying to get them in and trying to offer the, the, the fans something to, to, to look forward to and something to get behind Steve Cutler before they start raising the ticket prices K- and, and expecting fans to pay that kind of money. Oh, yeah, Kieran, you're pushing against an open door when you ask me these questions. Um, it is overpriced. There's no doubt about it in my mind. It's overpriced. £30 a ticket, and I think they're charging a £2 carriage fee, whatever that might be. And then there's another £3 surcharge for doing things online. So you're effectively, you're £35 a ticket. You go with a couple of kids, you're over 100 quid. £15 for three programmes And then you're expected to do the same for the Belgium game in three days time At a time in Scotland having qualified for a major finals Since Gordon Duncan was at primary school Get the crowd down Get the crowd up, get the prices down Get them down to a sensible sum £20 for adults, a tenner for kids Do the same three days later And try and get the full house that Steve Clark and the players crave Because you never know the full house might enjoy it And then they might come back And there might be another full house And you might end up making more money By selling more tickets At a lower price But I've banged on about it for years The SFA just ignore it Carry on blindly And leave the national team playing To half full stadiums 
I just can't believe you're not in the committee in the SFA. Do you think Roger feels passionately about that oh, issue? Oh, he had the sleeves rolled up there. Yes, he, thing and he, was, he was on one. He was actually pointing to the screen. I liked a little bit of... I've never seen Roger anger. Yeah, he got quite angry there, didn't oh, he? Oh, he did. He was giving it what for there. And well done to you, Roger. It's about time you started doing something like that. Man of the people. Yeah, That's what I like. Yeah, um, but I, I do. I do agree with our Roger. Um, let's get behind him because he's got a point there. <laughs> Because it is too pricey And when you sum it up like that The amount of money to go along there To watch uh, a game against Russia You've got to get the pricing down Gordon. You've really got to get the fans in And Roger said You know if you're going along there with your, your family They might enjoy it And that's a bug And it's affordable then Whereas just now You'd be sitting there saying Well hold on a minute I've got Russia and then Belgium it's a lot, a lot of money mm. nowadays. Okay, thank you, Kieran. In Rutherglen, dialed 0141 951 Same number that Barry in Barhead has dialed. Hi, Barry. Hi, Pal. How are you doing? Good, Hi, thanks, Barry. Um, I just wanted to make a quick point on what Neil Lennon said at the weekend. Um, he was hoping to have maybe two or three signings in by today um, to take to the squad with him to Sweden. Now, obviously, today's more or less come and gone. And lo and behold, uh, Celtic don't have any new players. Um, <clears throat> I'm especially concerned about the the full-back positions that we don't have adequate cover for, although Aya has been playing well at right-back. Um, let's remind oh, ourselves, he, Barry, just because you brought it up, and, and quite rightly so, let's remind ourselves of what Neil Lennon said, just in case people didn't hear him. We need players in two or three positions, so you know that's been ongoing for, for quite a while. So you know, hopefully we can get some bodies in tomorrow, Tuesday. If we do, I'd like to take them to Sweden with us to get them integrated if you know, they've got an opportunity to, to play next weekend. Uh, can we take it, Roger, that that won't be happening? I mean, I guess Celtic go tomorrow. It might still. We have the rest of tonight. It's a 24 hour world that we live in, but yeah, is it looking uh, likely? Well, yeah, it's, it's highly unlikely. Celtic will train at Lennox down tomorrow and then fly out to Sweden for the second leg. I always thought that time scale was unlikely because I thought Celtic, Rangers, and all the other teams playing in Europe this week, they want to see how they get on in European competition. They want to see what sort of revenue streams are going to be open to them this autumn before they dive in and get players. Um, I think Celtic will get through. I said it in the show on Saturday. I think they'll score over there. You can't see AIK scoring for, far from it. So I think Celtic will be okay and get through. Um, I still think Neil Lennon wants a right back. I think he wants a left back. I think he wants a right winger. Possibly Jordan Ibe of Bournemouth if, if a loan deal can be struck. But I don't think Celtic will do anything until they're back in the country on Friday. And then they've still got, you know, from Friday morning through to next Monday night to do all the business. And I think there'll be a lot of business done by a lot of clubs over that four-day period. What is the likelihood that the left-back is Greg Taylor? Is that now looking less likely, as far as you're concerned? No, no, no I'm, I'm not too sure. They have two or three options in the left-back area. They were very keen for a long time on Berger Melling at Rosenborg. Um, they play tonight, I think, in a Champions League playoff game against Dinamo Zagreb. Um, if they get through I think Berger Melling will want to Stay at Rosenberg and try and showcase his talents In the Champions League group stage If they go out, all bets are off um, They have watched Greg Taylor They're kidding Greg Taylor Not kidding Greg Taylor at Kilmarnock's asking price So I think there's a bit of work to do there But if it's not Melling and it's not Taylor I think they then move on to another target The name Gideon Mensah from RB Salzburg I noticed um, I think it was on your newspaper's website yeah. This afternoon So whether that's another option uh, We'll wait and find out Barry, you want to come back in there? Yeah, it was obviously You've just covered all the points there um, I, just, I feel as if 
Neil Lennon got a lot of stick um, after the Clues game, but see, for me, guys, the, the boardroom, and especially Mr. Lowell, have to take responsibility for this. It is not they, These past two transfer windows haven't been good enough. It's as simple as that. We've lost our best players and, repla- and we've not rem- they've not been replaced properly. Mm. And this 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 is what Celtic fans get angry at. Um, a lot of Celtic fans took a lot of anger on Neil Lennon for, for getting beat close, but I think a lot of that was towards the board. I think Neil Lennon got the, the, the you know the early wave of it, but the more Celtic fans I've talked to, the more I agree with me. You know, this Peter Lowell especially, he's been at the club now about I think about seventeen years. I think it's for a wee bit of change in direction. Um when it comes to somebody that's in the boardroom, um, I, I, I really don't. Every every year I've come out of transfer window, I feel more and more frustrated. We lost in Bell last year. We've lost Tierney this year. We've not really replaced Andy. I'm still not convinced that Julian and Bowen Goley were new Lennon signings either. How, do you attach any blame, Barry, to the people who are responsible for identifying those players? Peter Lawwell, of course, that's more along the lines of. You know, releasing the money or, or giving the appropriate money. What about the guys who are identifying the ball and golly as, as the number one left back target? Who might turn out to be brilliant, by the way, but it was you that said that you're not convinced. I, I mean, they, they just brought in the, I think, the, the, the guy from West Brom to identify these players. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the, the buck stops with the board. It's their policies. They, they decide, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll go for this guy, we won't go for this guy. Um, I just. I, since Lee Congerton and, and now the, the I'm sorry I forget the guy's name from West Brom Nicky Hammond yeah Nicky Hammond that's it thanks um, I don't I, arguing over Greg Taylor's transfer fee um, I mean really I mean I'll I, I be doing this is it, is it is it the biscuit tin stuff again well Barry I, first, and, first and foremost you, you're going to Peter Lowell they're talking about yes you've lost um, some decent players but you've got some decent money in now I don't know no Scottish club could not back twenty five million for Cairn Tierney. Nobody, a left back that come through the system, as fantastic piece of business for everyone. They got money for Dembele as well. They brought him in and sold him for a massive profit. So the money that they've been making, uh, you've got to give credit to the board and Peter Lowell. Now they had spent money because Julian was in the region of seven million. Bolingoli was three million. There's ten million right mm. away just for two players without wages. They've got a massive wage bill. El Hamid come in at right back as well. The big problem I think for the Celtic fans is they've lost some real good quality at the bank. You can say as much as you want about Lustig that he was getting to that age and getting to that stage in the career that he had to move on. But when you now see that he's not there, Tierney's away, Boyata's away. Benkovic is away back down to left. That is a massive part of your back four. And the problem for the Celtic fans are they're not convinced of the standard of signing that's come in. And I, I have to say, Barry, I think the, the criticism of Peter Lowell, Peter Lowell's been there about 16 years now, longest serving chief executive in Celtic's history. And as Neil Lennon pointed out last week, he's presided over eight consecutive league titles. He's presided over historic treble trebles. Um, he has, in my opinion, been the most successful chief executive Celtic have had. You know, you think back, I'm not going to name names, you know yourself, some of his predecessors most certainly weren't as successful. I understand why he gets the criticism, because he's up there, he's, he's the 
you know, he's a figurehead of the boardroom, if you like, and people who want to attack the boardroom will attack Peter. I think he's done a good job. If it's not him getting it, it's the manager getting it. But the, the one thing that seems to go unsaid, though, is Brendan Rodgers' recruitment for the last two and a half years of his reign was absolutely awful. When he came in, he recruited well, he got Dembele in the door, he got Sinclair in the door when he was firing, everything seemed great. But from Doris de Vries through Christian Gamboa and Johnny Hayes, through Jack Henry and Kurasi Ebui and anyone else you like. Brendan Rodgers' recruitment in the last two, two and a half years was awful and Celtic are paying a price for that now. You managed to get through that list without even mentioning Big Marvin as well. So, well done to you. You actually actually forget about the big fella. You do. Uh, Thank you to Barry. Let's speak to Frank, who's also on the line. Hi, Frank. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good, Frank. Yeah, I agree with everything that Barry said. I mean, he's just made my point for me. Ah, oh, you can just elaborate, I'm sure, Frank. Well, you're just talking about Lowell there, saying he's the best chief executive. He's a fantastic chief executive. He's a fantastic chief executive for the, the job he does off the park, not on it. That's what the fans are complaining about. The John McGinn saga was ridiculous. Now, they were sold to one of our other our best players in Tierney for 25 million, and he's trying to get another player on the cheap. Where, where is, why is he no? Going out and getting the players we want. Seven defenders left the club in the summer. Seven. We've brought in three. It's the reason we need another three in the door. Frank, I do agree that you need cover. And I think everybody knows that. Everybody that's watching Celtic with the amount of fixtures they've got coming up, they need cover in the full back areas. But I think where you've got to remember. I mean, who, who says it's cover? Maybe it's somebody who's actually uh, going yeah, to come in and be yeah. your first choice left back. Right, okay. So it's competition anyway, but they need full backs without a shadow. Now, the one thing that you, you, you learn when you're at Celtic and you're at Rangers and people think, well, you sold Tierney for 25 million. Go and take to Kilmarnock, Greg Taylor, or oh, 3 million. Now, if Celtic don't value him just now at 3 million, that's bad business. Why go and pay £3 million for them if they don't value them for three? Just because they've got money. So you've got to balance it up, Gordon. Obviously, Kilmarnock are going to ask for top dollar because they know Celtic's come calling. They know they've just raked in the £25 million for Tierney. So they're going to say, Greg Taylor's worth £3 million. Now, if I was involved with Celtic or any club just now, I like Greg Taylor. I've watched him last season. I think he's improved. He's broken into the Scotland team. Would I pay three million? Not in a million years. Not in three million years. Like that one. I mm. wouldn't pay three million for Frank, it. Frank, final word to you. I agree with Gordon. I don't, I don't think he's worth three million either. But I do think uh, Berger Melling is worth three million. I'd like to see him in the door. I, I, I don't know who would go at right back, but he's one we should be going for. Uh, I'm sure Celtic will still try and get a right back, Roger. Um, but in true Christopher Iyer <laughs> fashion, he's taken to that Unbelievably well But Chris has done Terrifically well and, uh, well. Um, um, I, I think He will move back To the centre Yeah I don't think There's any for, doubt for About me, that But it was just I, More I, a, a compliment I, I, To his performances I think Celtic Will sign three players Now I'm not saying Celtic will spend Three million pounds On each of three players You might find that Round about this time 20 to 7 Next Monday night Just before the window Closes That there are Loan deals done With guys from The English Premier League There are loan deals done With guys from The continent because the number one target couldn't be grabbed And they have to get down the list a little bit But I think Celtic will bring in three players prior to the window closing um, 
I can't see much activity before the weekend. Um, but it's a busy and a very important week for Celtic. AIK on Thursday, you would think a Europa League draw on Friday, trip to Ibrox on Sunday, and then the closure of the window on Monday. By this time next week, when Daz and I are back next Tuesday night, we'll have a better feel on how this whole season is going to shake down. Thanks to Frank in Springbourne. What about fans of other teams out there? What do you need? We're in the last week of the transfer window. What would you like to see added? Perhaps you would like to see some players heading for the exit as well. 01419511025. Uh, we've got a referee announcement for the game on Sunday as well. Coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here. You can get your calls in or you can tweet at Clyde SSB. Joseph has done that. He says Celtic's biggest signing we should make is Brown's long term replacement. I feel he shouldn't play every game. He looks tired. I couldn't believe they played him on Sunday. With two big games coming up Thoughts there uh, Of Joseph While Amber was delivering the travel Of a bulletin from the, the SFA Towers Assuring me that An adult and two kids Can go to the Russia game A week on Friday For less than 50 quid And match programmes Gordon Are £3.50 uh, Not a fine There we go Down off your high horse oh, Hannah Apologise I've, I've encouraged them to Get them even lower For two future 50. games I, but, still, I believe A parent and two kids 50 quid That's alright Is it? What? Is that is that what you said? Um, I'm, just, I'm just rereading my bulletin. Okay. I don't. Two kids can go to the Russia game for less than fifty pounds. Which less than forty nine? Forty nine ninety five. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I still think forty nine quid for an adult two kids. I don't think that's a bit steep. Are you would though. You'd think twenty five quid I was am, steep. I would imagine there may well be a wider discussion among the SFA if games against Russia and Belgium. Now you have to remember these are the blue ribboned home fixtures of this qualifying campaign. If we can't sell out Hamden for games against Russia and Belgium, then I do think we need to have a wider discussion about ticketing prices going forward. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five John is on the line. Hi John. Hi Gordon, Gordon and Roger. Hello Hi, Hi John. Hi guys, just before I get to my point, Gordon, 50 is it 53 quid for Sunday's match at Ibrox, I do believe. Yeah, I think so. That's a bit steep, isn't it, Roger? Uh, now, I'm going to contradict myself here, John, because... Aye. Much as a programme. Pr- <laughs> 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 I, I, I think if you sell tickets, whether you're selling tickets for football matches or music Aye. concerts or whatever other form of entertainment... Aye. You should pitch a price at what you think will you'll be able to sell and sell out the arena. Now, £53 for a ticket for Rangers v Celtic, you could sell that place out three times over. So that, that doesn't bother me. You're seeing the, the top domestic fixture in the Scottish football calendar. So if it's £53, you'll sell the place out. My problem, I, I actually don't mind if Scotland charged 30 quid and they can sell the place out, good luck to them. What grates with me is if you charge 30 quid and the place is lying half empty because people think it's too highly priced. I can know, Roger. I know what you're saying. They'll pay you 73 quid, whatever. I'm just thinking for the working man in this, this, this kind of a day and age. Anyway, guys, here we go, Roger. Paranoid Celtic fan. <clears throat> the, the officials for the weekend. I was just li- listening to Gordon at the top of the show. Uh, Bobby Madden's the referee. Mm-hmm. This guy, Douglas Ross, Self-confessed Rangers fan And he is He did say that Now let, let me finish He's, He runs the line Every time In this whole film He's made a few howlers uh, You've got 
Mr Beaton, controversial last time, fourth official. The one that's going to bother me, Roger, Andrew Dallas. If, now, he's a grade one referee. Have you ever known a grade one referee to run the line? He's not on the line, John. And I, I, I don't think John Beaton or Douglas Ross are involved either. No, are they not? not? No, are they not? See, this no. is social well, media, John. No, that's not. I saw it earlier as well. John, John, social media does what, for you. Willie Collum's a fourth official. I know that, and it's Frank, Frank Connor, Connor and somebody else, but not Douglas Ross. Um, yeah. But we'll be able to find out the, the name of the other linesman. It just escapes me at the minute. I have to apologise no, Do you know what John that, that is what happens um, What do you make of the appointment Of Bobby Madden to the fixture Because you mentioned well, something listen, About being controversial listen, But aren't they all controversial In the eyes no, of the fans listen, Big Bobby Madden I know that everybody's seen The guys this season I think Bobby Madden's a good referee To be honest I really do I think the guys I mean I know they're all Supposed to be fair But I think Bobby's a, a Highly rated referee And I would have Bobby Madden Referee on Sunday No bother I just felt with the Douglas Ross And the Andrew Dallas Twitter that He obviously apologise about that But guys Going on to another wee Quick point for a go Gordon They've put my own team And the signings <clears throat> I came on the show Last week And uh, the guys Are on slate Neil Lennon and, all that, and I did say After Thursday and Sunday If we coast it And whatever uh, the Celtic fans who are all moaning can maybe hand a season ticket in for me and I'll take it. But I do believe Celtic will make signings before maybe Thursday on, on the night or whatever. But definitely, and Roger, there is a good big chance, a big chance, the English Premiership clubs will name their squads and Celtic. They've got money, Gordon, uh, Roger. And Gordon, you know, uh, I think there will be more than three signings. I can see maybe five signings coming in the door. It'll be interesting I mean I said After the last caller there John I thought there would be Three coming in the door um, I think the fourth one Was, was the goalkeeping position and it's, You know the manager Already sorted that out With, with Fraser Foster um, I just think When it goes So late in the window There's maybe a reason for that And the reason could be That Celtic And other clubs Both in Scotland And in continental Europe Are waiting to see Which players Miss the cut For this English Premier League 25 man squads Who's available and who they can get in before the window shuts across Europe next Monday night? We'd a bit of crossed wires at the start, Gordon, but the mm. first call on the referee for Sunday's game says, Good, good appointment. I like Bobby Madden. He's a good ref. He's a fair ref. Things you never thought you would hear. Yeah, I, I think John had only one way to go after his first <laughs> comment, so I think he He's been misled. Him. No, he's Give been him a misled. Break. But well done to John, who turns around and says, Yeah, quite happy with that. I'm the same. I always stick up for the officials on here, Gordon. I'm delighted. Bobby Madden's uh, the referee for the game. It's a massive game. Uh, I hope we're talking about the game, not the referee, after it on Sunday afternoon on the, the open line. But he's a very experienced referee, and I'm sure... I wouldn't hold your breath. And, and speaking of Twitter rumours, did you see the one about the wee Tom Miller from Rangers TV? He's going to be joined in the gantry by Tom Boyd and John Beaton. <laughs> Dream team. Yeah. How good would I that didn't be? see it No neither did I um, Yeah but Roger The, the, the typical response and, and people Fair play for, for all the research Going back to find out How many uh, Yellow and red cards Each ref has given each team In each fixture Since the last Five seasons um, But let's be honest The reaction is always the same Regardless of who it is Of course it isn't Listen I was discussing in our, our office At Scotty Sun last night Who we thought the referee would be And we should have, gamb- we should have gambled Because we thought it was going to be Bobby Madden Because well, I call him at the Celtic game on Sunday, so you, you won't get back-to-back games. Kevin Clancy, the Rangers game on Sunday, so he wouldn't get back-to-back games. In, in the current circumstances, we thought it would be a gamble too far for him to hand John Beaton the first derby of the season. And then with the likes of Craig Thompson having retired, you're 
into a batch of referees who maybe haven't experienced the fixture before. So Bobby Madden, for me, is a sensible choice. He has a safe pair of hands in a fixture that's powder keg, to say the least. And Dad said during the break, he couldn't remember the last old firm derby that Bobby Madden refed. I'm just saying, that's a good thing, surely. Because oh, he refed the one at Celtic Park, didn't he, with the Ryan Kent on Scott Brown? And missed it. And missed it. Yeah. He, was, he was looking the other way and, and it got dealt with, didn't it, retrospectively? Well... <laughs> Let, Don't ever bring anything up we chat about in the break let's, uh, so I, I wasn't going to bring the other stuff up um, Whether it is Tom Miller, Tom Boyd and John Beaton One person who will be watching will be Claire White So uh, players, management, behave yourself David is on the line, hi David Hi, I'll try and be brief um, Right, um, basically why I'm phoning is um, I agree with about the ticket prices for the Scotland game, but I'm a Celtic fan as well, right? Um, the 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 they've done the right thing by if uh, Rogers right about the the prices being cheaper, right, for families and that, right? But I'm uh, talking about Celtic. I think they should have made, but I hope that uh, hopefully Rogers right is about that as well about the signings that. We get some good, some first players will jump right into the first team and get into the team because I'm not sure about ball and golly and I'm also not sure, I don't know, I've not seen enough of them about um, Julian, you know what I'm saying, so... I'm a bit concerned about that uh, Let's put that point to, to Gordon, David Because I know you'll want to answer the, the news is approaching But Gordon, do those two stay in the team then? Thursday and Sunday Fitness permitting to to, to add to this process of, of getting up to speed for anyone who thinks that they're not um, That's a big decision I think Bolingoli will if he's fit Because I can't see anybody else getting in there, Gordon um, They've tried Christy, uh, sorry, McGregor in there And it was failure um, they need him in the middle of the part Julian's a big one I I would think going to Ibrox in the biggest game of the season so far I think Ayer uh, or Big Chris as Roger names him I think he must play as a centre back I think he's the best centre back in the club just now I think he's got to play there and it's who he partners whether he takes the risk with Julian but remember £7 million he was brought in to play in these sort of a game. So it's up to Neil Lennon to see and judge if he's ready for it. Apologies for moving on so quickly. Thanks to David for the call, but it's time for this. In fact, we're late for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Beat the pundit time. You could be up against Gordon Diel or Roger minus one Hannah for the chance to win yourself a signed ball. Not only that, just for getting through, we're going to give you tickets to Scotland's women's game against Cyprus in a Euro 2021 qualifier at Easter Road this Friday. So maybe you're a fan of... Uh, Shelley Kerr's side Or maybe you know someone who is And you can pass the tickets on Either way You'll win them Just for getting through If you want to play tonight It's 0141 951 1025 You need to dial it quick Because you only have Until the news at 7 Clyde.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here. We've been looking back on the Scotland squad announcement. Some headlines, if you like. Ryan Jack is in, Lee Griffiths is not. Uh, we got some interesting takes on that on the phones and on Twitter We were looking at the transfer window We're inside the final week So fans of all teams, what does your team need between now and then? We're going to take a, a closer look at tomorrow's European football And the rest of the transfer window uh, But let's do this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Beat the pundit time Roger minus one Hannah And Gordon Diel are both ready One of them is going to be up against Neil from Stirling Neil, I'm not sure we've ever had a Stirling Albion fan On Beat the Pundit before So uh, there's a first time for everything Hi there You fancy your chances tonight? Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens But I'm quite confident Your team's not having the greatest time of it at the moment Is that fair? Uh, well, we're obviously the strongest team in Scotland at the moment Because we're holding, <laughs> holding up everybody else up. <laughs> Things can only get better, Neil If you start the season like that, you can only go one way sort Oh, of. definitely, definitely Is that the hope? Is it going to happen? Well, fingers crossed At least when you're sitting at Fourth Bank You get a nice view of the Wallace Monument in the castle <laughs> You do, to be fair, Roger Big game at the weekend Is it Albion Rovers this weekend, Neil? Yeah, is that a bottom of the table clash? Well, they're, they're going a lot better this season under Kevin Harper Scoring a few goals, fingers crossed for you I might send Gordon yeah. DL along to that You fancy that? I would yeah. love to go good. to that You Very can good do that game, N- Neil will look after you Neil, we're going to get uh, the coin ready So head you're up against Roger minus one And tails you're up against Gordon DL I should say though, you're already a winner Remember, because we've given you tickets To Scotland's women's game Against Cyprus at Easter Road on Friday So you can go along yourself Or you can be the best Neighbour, pal, dad, <sighs> uncle, I don't know And give them to someone else if you can't make it along T- That sounds good Tickets well priced oh, yeah. by the SFA Good stuff Neil, there we go You're looking forward to that Head you're up against Roger Tails, it's Gordon That is Tails I've never played I know it, 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 well, well, Tell he me tossed, tossed, He tossed that about four times I know What was the first one? Heads I didn't know You saw that Roger Hanna Come on yeah, right, Come on I'm, a, I'm on I'm on I'm on Five out of six tails, I'm, I'm sorry I'm I don't Neil. know what you want me to do Right uh, I'm going to give Gordon some Clyde too To make sure he can't hear us Neil And we'll get your clock up And running You've got 30 seconds You're head to head You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Brilliant, Let's go What's the name of the goalkeeper Called up to the Scotland squad From Portsmouth Pass Scotland under 21 striker Fraser Hornby Has gone on loan To which country Oh yes. mm. oh. Denmark Before James Tavernier Who is the last Non-Scottish captain Of Rangers Amoruso Which cider Sponsored Rangers tops Between 2013 and 14 Magnus Who plays at Balmour Let's squeeze that one in Because you're a lower league fan Who plays at Balmour Balmour is Peter Heed Okay okay uh, Gordon Diel Can you hear us uh, Yes Right same set of questions to you Are you ready Okay What's the name of the goalkeeper Called up to the Scotland squad From Portsmouth McGilvery Scotland under 21 striker Fraser Hornby Has gone on loan to which country Um. Cyprus before James Tavernier Who was the last Non-Scottish captain Of Rangers Ah, oh, Pass Which cider Sponsored Rangers Tops between 2013 Magnus. and 14 uh, Who plays at Balmour Balmour is Peterhead Where did Celtic Sign Scott Sinclair from uh, Swansea Okay 
Neil, they were quite tough, some of them. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a very low scoring match <laughs> Not a classic Not a classic, let's find out oh, is it not? Uh, First one, the name of the goalkeeper called up to the Scotland squad from Portsmouth, Craig McGilvery Yeah Yeah, I'll give you it for McGilvery, I think I'm feeling generous tonight 1-0 to Gordon A Scotland under-21 striker, Fraser Hornby, gone on loan to which country, Roger? Cotterick uh, in Belgium There we go, ah, never got Belgium that. Before James Tavernier, the last non-Scottish captain of Rangers, Roger Carlos Bocanegra Knows oh, everything this guy Yes it is But none of you two knew it So it's still 1-0 to good Gordon game, game. Which cider sponsored Rangers tops Between 13 and 14 Blackthorn Magnus was Celtic one. Yes Magnus was Celtic Blackthorn So it's still 1-0 It's still 1-0 yes. to it's Gordon After What is it Four questions Who plays at Balmour Neil knew it Because he's a lower league fan It's Peterhead you knew it as well, didn't you? Thank you. So it's 2 1 to Gordon DL. Uh, where did Celtic sign Scott Sinclair from? It was Aston Villa. Oh, no. did he not go for Swansea? But and Neil got it. Didn't get it either. So you're fine. You win by 2 to <laughs> 1, Gordon DL. Hard lines, Neil. <laughs> Thank you. Good. I'm lucky, Neil. Neil, All anyway, you're off to the game on Friday if you fancy at Easter Road. Scotland's women against Cyprus. So enjoy that. Right, brilliant. Thanks very much. Good man. That was Neil in Stirling. Remember, if you want to go to that game, we will be giving the tickets away uh, on tomorrow's Beat the Pundit as well. Uh, but you can visit the Hibs FC website to book your tickets. Trying to keep that feel good factor from the Women's World Cup going. You're delighted with that, aren't you? 687. 2 1. I mean, I was. It, it didn't matter. 687. It was, it was, I was an away win. It was ugly to watch. And I thought Neil sounded very confident at the beginning, mm. to be honest. Yeah, yeah, well. You managed Tough to get questions, one. Over. But You've got the three points. Three points. In the bag 01419511025 We're inside the final week Of the transfer window What does your team need Rangers fans I'm wondering if you could Give us your thoughts On this one Because we're going to hear From Ian Durant And he's been talking About Alfredo Morelos He believes that Rangers chances Of silverware this season Could hinge On actually keeping Alfredo Morelos At the club Within the next six days Or so uh, he's tipping the striker to break his duck against Celtic this weekend. It's everything, I think, now. Even the, the both sides are all firm, or even now, if you look down at even Aberdeen now with McKenna and that now, it's, it's important that any team you keep your best players. Now, Rangers are on record now. They're, 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 they're going for everything this year now. They're in a good place in Europe, second behind Celtic on goal difference now. And, and Gary McAllister was saying on it now that they've got a squad now to go and compete on all, all fronts. So if you're going to win things, if you're going to win leagues and cups and, and have a good run in Europe, you need to keep your best players. And, Morelis is now is a, is a key factor in that and now obviously the, the manager's talking about now maybe now maybe a bid for Tavernier or, or Morelis coming in so he'll be wanting to fade that off and hopefully keep the biggest strong, you know, strongest squad as he can it will have to be a bid they can't say no to but as I said now hopefully everyone will be quiet now and hopefully Rangers can keep him because now as I said if Rangers want to maintain and win things they'll need Alfredo Morelis this year it'll come the centre forward and now a lot of people now you'll say you're judged on that but it'll come he's a class player and I'm sure now he'll get a chance and get up with now if he gets opportunities, had a, a few chances over the now recent times. But knowing him, knowing his personality, I think now it's not something to worry him. But if there's a proper ammunition, I'm sure Manel will score. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five to give us your thoughts on that one, Roger Hanna. Uh, no, it's a big, big couple of games for Morelos. He hasn't scored against Celtic. People will always hold that up against him. He uh, has scored in Europe. And Rangers need a goal on Thursday night in Europe if they're going to get through. So it is going to be, you know, questions will be asked of the lad. Questions will already been asked about him this season in a disciplinary style. You know, he had so many red cards in big games, particularly against Aberdeen last season. 
So far this season He's managed to keep Aladdin things But The next Five or six days For Morelos Are going to be huge Can he keep a lid on it And can he score the goals In the big games Yeah you just wonder That if um, It's different When I grew up Gordon And you went to Rangers A young lad You always wanted To score against Celtic That was the most important thing yeah. In your career Get your first goal Get your first goal for him Go Um you just wonder if Morelos has got the same mindset. Does it play in his mind that much? Um, he's certainly a, a terrific talent, the boy. He will score goals. But I'm sure for every Rangers fan as well, they just want to see him hit the back of the net against Celtic. Whether it be this weekend or not, I don't know. Uh, but he's certainly a goal scorer. And, and I'm sure he wants to see it more than anyone else because he's bound to know that this question mark's hanging over him and, and has been right through his Rangers career that... Thus far, he hasn't scored a goal in the biggest game in the country. Tom and Cumbernauld, as a Rangers fan, what does the next week or so have to look like for your team? Well, first of all, guys, good, good evening. Uh, Hi, Tom. Gordon, good evening, Fraser. Hi, Tom. Good evening, Hi, Tom. Roger. Uh, nice to be on again. Uh, and my first, I'm looking forward to this week, but my first point to you, the, the three, is first of all, I put the Celtic fans that are saying that Borlignoli is not good enough. Uh, well, my, I always say to them, Celtic fans are saying that. Uh, I'm just talking about uh, when Mark Kately played for Rangers. A lot of the Rangers fans were doing him and they think he was good enough. And look how he proved to be. So it could be exactly the same as Ball Agnoli. So uh, let's give the boy a chance. Well, there we go. Uh, Tom's a Rangers fan, but he's sticking up for, for Ball and Golly. Bit of, and bit of patience. Yeah, you can. Yeah. He, he, Tom's talking about someone of the stature of Mark Kately. I remember when I was there when Ali McCoy came to Rangers and basically the same. Uh, Ali was getting booed as well. It happened to me, Gordon. Unfortunately for me, it just kept going to our left. Um, <laughs> but you're right, he's, he's a young lad that's come in with a £3 million price tag. He's come into a different country, different culture, different style of football, a big, big club. And sometimes you can hit the, hit the ground running. Other times it takes... A few months or a few games I think he's got a big two games mm. coming up I really do It'll be interesting to see how he handles it What about your own team then Tom? How are they looking? <laughs> what about this transfer window that closes What, six days time? My, ne- my, ne- my next point is the Who does who do the, who does Gordon and Roger Think Rangers start when They send to defence on Sunday Personally I'd go with Goldston and Cartage Because I think Cartage They're starting to form a partnership But they you never know he could go with he could go with three to the back. I don't know, really don't know, but I'm hoping they can maybe Jerry can get another another field uh, another field back if possible. Because I still think a wee bit weaker than that. Yeah. I think Barisic played well at the weekend, but a player that I'm really impressed with since the season started and uh, is Ryan Jack. Uh, he's he's come on an absolute ton. Uh, I'm hopeful that the weekend can get a result. And I'm hoping Morelos can stay in the park because if I was, if I was, if it was me playing against Morelos, I'd do. I would do. I would do everything like an opposing player. I would do everything to wind them up. Well, to be fair to Alfredo Morelos, the early signs are that that he's mm-hmm. he started the season well on that front. Of course, this is a different test, isn't it, with the level of scrutiny and the intensity and all the rest of it. But let's not 
sort of prejudge b- before the game. Yeah, and a, and too a, much. And a year is a long time in football, Gordon, because you mature as well. It's another year on. I think no, it wasn't a year since the last game. No, but but, but it, since Morelis, I think starting to handle himself very well now. He's obviously had a good chat with the manager. His teammates are trying to look after him. So yes, of course, opposition players will try and wind him up. He can't get in involved. He can't get involved in that. I'll go back to Tom's other point. He's talking. Who would you play at the back? Now, if you'd asked me this last season, I would never have said Golson and uh, Cattage because I didn't think as a partnership. I thought Cattage was not the greatest defender. I know he's a young lad, but the two of them look very good this season. They've obviously worked very hard in training together. He will certainly not go to a back three. He'll play a back four. Tavernier will probably play right back. I think the two centre-halves will be Golson and Cattage and I think Flanagan will play at left back Where Tom is right Roger is Ryan Jack's form has been very impressive this season that's why he's in the Scotland squad today and we've you know, discussed it earlier he deserves it and uh, it's because he's, he's he's driving Rangers on at the moment Yeah and I think that there were changes in the Rangers team at Paisley at the weekend a few people got arrested notably Ryan Jack didn't get arrested um, I think Stephen Jenner wants to, to put him in there along with the likes of Tavernier and Golds and McGregor they, they will play every week I would suggest you're beginning to get a look at what is, for me, Stephen Jenner's preferred team. There was a lot of chat earlier in the season that he didn't know what his best team was and he was going to continue to shuffle around things. But the big European games so far, the biggest games this season, he's tended to go with that back four that Daz spoke about in front of McGregor. Then it's Jack Davis and Aribo, and then it's Ojo, Arfield and Morelos. Uh, I would think that would be the 11 that would start against Celtic on Sunday, injuries permitting. Thanks to Tom in Cumbernauld So 141951-1025 on the phones This is where the, the build-up to this game is bizarre Because usually in this city you, you can spend a full week every single night Debating different team selection Dilemmas, all the rest of it building up But how, how do you really know? Because you've got Thursday and thir- Injuries obviously But we're in a situation Where Rangers and Celtic both might go through They both might go out One might go through The other one So it's very hard to get a real... Feel for, for how Sunday's going to be Before you get Thursday out of the way Yeah of course You've got to get Thursday out of the way Gordon Because you might get one or two knocks You might get one or two players That you know Will be struggling for Sunday But we're looking at it Just now With what's available To both managers And the one thing I think you will see On Sunday Is The strongest Starting elevens. You will know Who the two managers think are the strongest starting elevens And, and that's me. why I don't think Christopher Julian will play I think Celtic's best centre-halves just now Are Big Chris And Jozo Simunovic I think the two I'll, of them will I, play I would not disagree with that Roger um, Depends on Thursday night as well But I would not disagree I do think that Ball and Golly will start at left back I'll be very surprised if he doesn't um, But I do agree with the fact that Julian might just miss out on it but it'll be interesting, Gordon, as you say, there's still a bit of football to be played. Then the managers will sit back Friday, Saturday, will be a sort of a cool-down rest day, get the tactics done, see who's fit, and get your best of living on that park. Fraser's a Rangers fan in Cambus Lang. Hi, Fraser. How you doing, guys? All right? Yeah, good, Hi, thanks. Fraser. What's your point tonight? Uh, I've just got a wee question for the panel. I've been seeing Rangers fans um, all over Twitter um, with Barisic's performance yesterday. And they're all buzzing about him But to be honest with you I still don't think he played that well I feel like he's hiding He's not wanting to be involved Even I can't take, I can't take the free kick away from him It was a great free kick um, 
but I still don't think he's there. I, I don't really want to see him play, to be honest with you. Um, and, I, and I'd rather see maybe Halliday or Flanagan playing these two games on Thursday and Sunday. Well, I think the reason that, if, once again, we'll go back to the now that people are fit. I see that Flanagan will play because against St Men, when Rangers knew they were going to have the bulky possession, their width came from their two fullbacks, and I thought Barisic played very well going up and down. So you, you thought he played well out with the free kick? Yeah, it some, is, yeah. I'm not saying it did happen, but it's easy to focus on that. What about the rest of the performance? Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the things I was going to say, Dad, you made a very good point last week. People were still talking about that Scott Allen pass mm-hmm. for Hibs in the 6 1 game. And you said, from a manager's point of view, you thought Katic was. I thought two defenders. Two I defenders. Have, yeah. At the weekend, Barisic scores a fantastic free kick. And going forward, his deliveries into the box were far better than we've seen mm-hmm. from him this season. But St Mirren's two best chances well, the ball over from the right that got past McGregor, and it would have been a fluke. Come off the far post and went out. And then the chance at the end when Kel McAllister played the ball in. And the new lad Marais just couldn't get his feet sorted And it kind of come up into McGregor's hands Both those balls into the box Came point, from Barisic's area and he didn't stop either of them My point was going to be Roger I thought against St Mirren when they had the, the, the bulky possession their, The width came from the full backs And I thought the two full backs got up the wings uh, Played very well If you're playing against Celtic With a guy of the ability of James Forrest I think you play Flanagan Because I think Barisic Would find it very hard And that is your point I think he would find it very hard just now I think Flanagan can get in there And try and match Forrest I think that would be the best bet What do you think of that Fraser? Yeah I, t- I totally agree with you there um, I wouldn't trust Barisic as far as I can throw him To be honest with you um, I just don't think he has any heart I don't think he knows what it means to play for Rangers um, technically, yes, he, he has been good. He, he's proven that against uh, playing with Fosidek against us. Um, technically, I, I think it's there, but I, I think he's hiding. I don't think. I don't know if it's the Scottish game or what, but I still don't think it's there. I'm, I'm not. not I'm, I'm not saying Fraser's right. I'm referencing Fraser's opinion, though, Roger, about the 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 heart thing. And if that is accurate, it's not exactly the type of fixture you risk it in, is it? Uh, no, it's certainly not the type of fixture I just tend to think all the points Daz was making about the left back role And they're all valid And I would agree with him wholeheartedly I think John Flanagan will start the game um, I think Shea Ojo will probably start the game as well Because I think he gives the left back better cover than Jordan Jones does um, Where's the danger coming from Celtic? Consistently in old firm games of late It's come from James Forrest So Rangers mm. will need to hatch a plan that smothers the threat of James Forrest And then if the threat comes from an Edward or a Christie Then so be it But I think initially They need Flanagan in the team To watch Forrest Thanks to Fraser in Canvas Lang We've got a full time teaser coming next But I want to tell you about this The Cash Register With German Donner Kebab Renfield Street, Glasgow Yes, we had another winner on the Cash Register And it was Iris who won the cash She had it written down somewhere Hold on £21,708.19 You've just went and won it! Really? Really? Is this a wind-up? How's that for an amount to win on a Tuesday afternoon? She's a secretary for the NHS, says Iris. She was hard at work when the phone rang more than £21,000, Gordon Dale, making its way to her. Well done to her. Uh, How's that on a Tuesday? That's great any day of the week. I think we'd agree. 
Well done to her Absolutely over the moon for her Bit jealous but well done <laughs> Here's the easiest question I've got for you Do you want to be the next winner? Well make sure you're listening To Bowie at Breakfast Tomorrow at 8am To find out how much you could win Across the Hits Radio Network Scotland We've got that full time teaser next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's time for the full time teaser. That's when you send in the questions and the pundits try their best to come up with the answers in typical Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray fashion. I thought we were going to be here till midnight last night. We only had five answers as well. Uh, you two are looking for nine. Okay. You're looking for nine former Scotland internationals with less than 10 English Premier League goals. And have never played in Scotland. Okay. Former? Yeah, so, so no longer playing. Right. So right. nine former Scotland internationals with less, between one and ten English Premier League goals, so they have scored. Right. And they've never played in Scotland. Oh, Graham Alexander? Yes, he's got seven goals for Burnley. Uh, he's got 40 caps. And he's never... Played in Wait, Scotland. What did you call the lad that missed the golden chance at Hamden? Chris Evelumo. Yeah, yeah. No, no him. Okay. Not big Chris. The other big Chris. <laughs> I told you it wasn't him. Uh, now remember, if you want to send a question in, the address you need to send it to is fulltime at clyde1 dot com. That was Dylan who sent that one in tonight. Dylan Patton. Thanks to Dylan uh, for sending it in. So fulltime at Clyde1.com. You can play along with us on what Twitter. What about the man who got mentioned earlier, Grant Hanley? Former? No, former oh, Scotland former. International. Listen yes. to the question. <laughs> well, actually, he is a former Scotland International. He hasn't played for a long time. No, no, no. no. I was actually going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it there then. At Clyde SSB, you can play along. Nine former Scotland internationals, less than 10 English Premier League goals, and have never played in Scotland. Guys like Graham Alexander. The guys have got one. Chris is a Kilmarnock fan on the line. Hi, Chris. Hi, how you doing? Good, Chris. What's your point tonight? It's just based on a recent to the transfer for Greg Taylor that's obviously been a lot of speculation about recently. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I believe he's a three million pound player. Um, but can a lot of the way things go in Scottish football now, a lot of clubs are thinking that if they go to the ten other clubs in Scottish football, they can get them for a lot less money. In my opinion, I think a lot of SPL clubs are in a different position now where they can ask for more, and it's just undervalued. Yeah, Gordon Deal, let's let's have a go at you. You yeah. said three million too much for Greg Taylor. Why? Why is it? Um, I don't think he's that price. Price range for me, Gordon. It's only a matter of opinion. Chris probably watches him more than I do. Um, I think he's a decent player. Um, I delighted the boy get the call up to Scotland, and um, you know his performances week in week out with uh, Kamarnock have been very very good. You've got to say, but I just think that <clears throat> Kamarnock are looking at the team that's coming calling. They know they've got plenty of money there, and quite rightly so. Try to do the best business for their club. But I don't think that he's a three million left back player for me. If you're Kilmarnock though, Roger, you would you can't be far off, surely, in thinking, well, hold on a second. If you've just paid three million pounds for volleyball and golly, we think Greg Taylor is every bit as good. Yeah. Um I think all things are, are relative. Now Celtic and the closure of the last window were offered twenty million pounds for Moussa and Belly and couldn't turn it down. 
Um, this summer they were offered 25 million for Kieran Tierney and couldn't turn it down. So every player in every club has a, has a level that they really can't turn down. Now, if Celtic or any other club were to come to Kilmarnock with an offer of, say, 1.8 million quid or 1.9 million pounds, do we think Kilmarnock could afford to turn that down? Chris, is that is that perhaps the most important question? Do you think they could? Certainly now, I think they're in more of a stronger position. Certainly with the new board, I think they're in a lot stronger position. Um, I mean, you look at Jordan Jones, he went to Rangers for a free. Uh, if he went for a transfer free at Kilmarnock last year, you would probably say just over a million. And, and this is this but, is a gamble that, that boards at club, provincial clubs like Kilmarnock have to take, Chris, because if, for instance... Celtic by the million and a half or something and it's turned down by Celtic all Greg Taylor will do is wait for another couple of windows or run his contract down the way Jordan Jones did that's what players do I'm not saying it's right but that is just what players do nowadays because they're advised to do that kind of thing and Kamala yeah. will, will risk another Jordan Jones scenario so that's why I'm saying that there will be a tipping point where Kilmarnock's board would feel they would have to accept a bid. I don't think there'll be anything like as high as three million. No, pounds. no doubt, Roger. And I think where you can you can make this um, is, is Bolling Golly a better player than Greg Taylor at the moment for you? <sighs> um, I've not seen enough of Bolling Golly. I think that'd be very hard to judge Gordon. But it doesn't matter the the price tag because we're just saying right, bottom for three million. We don't know what's going to happen. I think the way they can get this over a line is right. Come on up, want the region of three million for them. Celtic just now look like they don't want to pay that sort of money. I do agree with that. Where where clubs usually come to agreement is saying right, okay, what you would you take a million and a half, and then all sorts of add-ons, Gordon. And if the boy goes and plays fifteen games or he you know he moves on or whatever, then Celtic have done very well out the deal because the boy's playing regular football for them. And he's playing their first team. And Kilmarnock have done well out the deal because he's getting a game and they're getting the money. So you can work it that way rather than go, a transfer's off because we want three million, you're not prepared to give them three million. There's always negotiations to go. Chris, would a player be an option? People are sort of putting two and two together and saying maybe Jack Henry to Kilmarnock is, is part of the deal or anything. You know, Have you got an arrangement in mind at which point you would say, okay, Either the price is right or the, the deal is right. That I would be happy to let that happen. Yeah, I mean, certainly there's no doubt in our mind that Kelly need a striker at the moment. Everyone else has seemed to click. They're playing good football. It's just the end product that's that's failing. But when players are that we're losing are exceptional players, in our opinion. I mean, Greg Taylor's played over 100 games for Kamal at his age and now in a Scotland cap. So, in our opinion, he's worth the money that they're asking for him. Um, but I mean, if if Greg Taylor was in a Celtic shirt, Celtic wouldn't be asking for any less than five, six million. You look at Greg, Taylor, like Kieran Tierney there, twenty-five million. I think that's what the other clubs in Scottish football are a bit disheartened with. That the minute they kind of go there, they're, they're adding a good three, four million on. And I think that's a disappointing thing when they're coming to clubs like us and expecting us to take very little money for. Exceptional prospects in Scottish football. It's just a food chain, though, isn't yeah, it, Roger? Because the same thing happens. Look at even like John McGinn. You know, it's yeah, not. It, yeah. It's not look, just. Well, look at Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When Celtic sold him to Southampton a few years ago, it was for I think it was a club record sale at the time, thirteen million pounds, huge money. 
fast forward to his move to Liverpool, £75 million because he's proven what he can do in the English Premier League. So at the minute, Greg Taylor, I like Greg Taylor. He's a good player and he's done well at Kilmarnock, but he's unproven. If he went to Celtic, could any of us say hand on heart he's going to be a good Celtic player? Could he handle it? Could he handle it playing in front of 60,000 people? Could he handle playing in the European games? Could he handle playing the old firm games? You don't know that with any player, though, do you? No. That's why the Celtic only pay a million and a half because it, it lessens the gamble because they don't know. The closest we've probably it. come in recent times would be David Turnbull because you can't really compare players who are in a different yeah. market. That's but, the whole point. David I, I, Turnbull is around a similar you, fee. Yeah, I heard you making that point in the show on Saturday. And I can't remember whether it was Alec or Mark. Yeah, that, it wasn't me. Took, took you to task, but I didn't the, make that point, the, but the, someone the, must have. No, I'm sure you did. David, there's a premium in David Turnbull because he scored. 15, yeah. 15 goals And he was the outstanding the, Young the, pl- Scottish player the, in The, the league. further forward players go You tend to find There's a higher premium on them So Attacking midfielders Who score 15 goals Are going to yeah. be more expensive Than left back Scott And that's yeah. just the, the way of the game I just meant It's the closest comparison Because you can't really compare it When you're buying someone From Europe or England Because you're in a different market You're in a completely different market And that's why We, we, we always twist ourselves in knots All summer Don't we We go well, If all the McBurnies Worth 20 million Why is you know why is there, But you just can't compare them Because you're sure Shopping, you're in, you're you're going out and you're shopping in two different shops. Think you know. Think and the simple answer to this, Gordon, is what do Celtic value him at? You know, come on at one top dollar, quite right, absolutely quite right for the their best players. But if Celtic don't value him at three million and they've watched him now for the last few weeks, they know him through Scottish football, so they will have their valuation. So they've got to stick to that. But there's always negotiations. With add-ons as well I mean Mounty games If he gets more caps If he moves on There are percentage So there's always a way To get a deal done Thanks to Chris Kilmarnock fan on the line Give us a call back Chris We'll see how this one develops And you can give us your thoughts uh, As it progresses 01419511025 Let's hear from another Former Celtic striker We've not heard from This guy in a while Tommy Coyne He says All the pressure is on Rangers This season He believes Celtic Have had plenty of practice At competing at the top He's also keen on odds on Edward. He says he's got ice in his veins and is tipping him to go to the top. Celtic's been dealing with that pressure for the last eight seasons for, for, to win the title, so I don't see any more pressure on Celtic. Um, I think all the pressure's on Rangers, really. I just think uh, Rangers have got to keep them going there. They've started well, but it's keeping it going throughout the season. I think Celtic's been over the course and distance, and they, they know how, how to do it. Uh, I don't have any doubts that they'll be better, but it's having that consistency that Celtic's got and has had for the last eight years, so... I just we'll find out in the, in the games to come, but um, I'm sure uh, they'll give it their best shot, Rangers. But I still think uh, Celtic uh, will have a better squad for for the for the for the remainder of the season, and I think they will go on and, and win the title. I think it's fantastic for somebody who's so young. Um, when I was at Celtic, I went there at 27, and uh, the pressure then at 27, I felt. But at 19, 20 years of age, I mean, he must have uh, ice in his veins. Since Neil's come in, also, I think uh, I think it's suiting him better, really. Um, but I think it's more of the ball, uh, and I think he's going to turn it in a fantastic play. Any doubt at all that Odson Edward plays the main striking role in the next couple of days, regardless of what Bio did or didn't do? If you're if you're of that mind, well, you go to Ibrox and you play your best players, and your Edward's the best centre forward at the club, and he's obviously costs a lot of money, uh, but just not the price uh, tag. Gordon, he is the best, and he has got a good. Good uh, reputation when it comes up to playing against Rangers uh, The Rangers defenders don't like playing against him And uh, he will be a certain starter If 
he is fit It wouldn't surprise me if Bio started in Sweden on Thursday night But Eduardo started Ibrox on Sunday lunchtime without a shadow of a doubt And and how cruel are the SPFL taking those two goals off Bio? Would you would you have claimed them, Daz? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'd have certainly claimed I thought it was terrible I thought the second goal I thought that was a striker's goal It was a, it was a great run so That's how Neil Lennon described it after the yeah, game Yeah, it was a, Roger, it was a watch Strikers it, union Yeah, it was a great I can understand the first one I'm not too sure who it come off Give him the goals, he created I, oh, the problem I, I, would t- I would give him the goals all day the only Craig thing, Levine wouldn't when I, Well, Craig Levine is Craig Levine When I looked at uh, his reaction Now you think about this it's, he's only played what eight? Did you say eight minutes, Gordon? At the weekend, something like that. You start against Hearts, good crowd at Celtic Park. You get that first goal. He didn't celebrate, which tells me as a striker that obviously it did come off. Uh, was it better, Roger? It come yeah, off better. Yeah, but I thought the second goal. How you can take that off the boy is ridiculous. It's a fantastic run, and to see how kids maybe hit his toe. What's it coming to? It's a goal. <laughs> Strikers sticking together. Uh, on the teaser, we're looking for nine former Scotland internationals, so no longer playing, with less than 10 English Premier League goals and have never scored in Scotland. The guys have only got one, which is Graham Alexander. How about Colin Calderwood? Colin Calderwood, yes. He got six goals down the road and has never played up here. Dominic Matteo? Yep. Scored for Liverpool and Leeds You're flying now Six Scotland right? caps Now I was at Easter Road For Super Scoreboard At the weekend What about Hibs number two Robbie Stockdale Oh pff, what a shout that is Robbie I, I didn't think you would get that I didn't think you would get that I must it. admit That's unbelievable He only got five caps Robbie Stockdale Did Brilliant. Don Hodgson score more than ten down the road? Yes oh. What oh. about Chris Martin? No Okay we'll try and get the Well he's still playing Remember, oh, so that, that right. could be why well, he's not. That's another so, question, Roger. Uh, but Chris Martin's a former international. He's not. Though. So, guys like Mark Ritchie and James no, Morrison, no. 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 Okay. We're going to speak to Bill in Jordan Hill. He's up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here with me Gordon Duncan We're nearly there Very quickly Because Bill has been hanging on for ages You got any more in the teaser? I'll go for one Go Our under 21 manager Scott Gamble Yep Well done That's a great shout that. Where did that come from? Someone probably texted him during yeah, the break I noticed he was at the phone What about Paul Devlin? Yes That's a great shout Okay I'll give, you, I'll give you my Paul Devlin story soon Okay You've only got what? Three to go? Oh, okay Let's speak to Bill who's on the line Hi Bill Hi there. Hi, Bill. Um, I think the best signing that Celtic could make during the remainder of the transfer window is a deal closer. Because I think over the past two or two and a half years or so, I think it's been shown that uh, Peter Lawwell is not a deal closer. He takes far, far too long in order to bring people over the line. And I think... uh, Someone other than the chief chief executive should be there to bring the deal home. There we go. It's a it's it's not the the transfer window signing I expected to hear suggested, Roger. But I see where Bill's coming from. He wants the the behind the scenes guys beefed up rather than the on field. Well, I think that's why Celtic brought Nick Hammond into the club. Um, 
He will pull together all the strands of the recruitment operation. He will liaise with Peter Lawwell. He will liaise with Neil Lennon. And I think a lot of the criticism of Celtic's recruitment since the day and our John Park left the club has been that there wasn't someone central whose only role was to coordinate recruitment. Neil Lennon's got a lot of responsibilities in terms of being first team manager. Peter Lawwell's got a lot of responsibilities in terms of being chief executive. And, you know, I spoke earlier on the show about how poor the recruitment had been for two, two and a half years at the end of Brendan Rodgers' spell. That, that's not all down to Brendan Rodgers. A lot of that is down to the fact that it was Lee Congerton, there were some bad decisions made. Um, I think this guy, Nicky Hammond, could be crucial to Celtic going forward, assuming he stays and takes on a permanent role with the club. And and, and Bill's probably right that they, they maybe do need someone in there to identify the players, to run the players past the manager... And then to assist the chief executive in closing the deals out Gordon Deal, I don't know if you want to hand a CV in Because I've seen you haggle I've seen you try and get a reduced rate for, for anything and everything yeah, you, very ve- you very rarely fail Yeah, I'm very, very Maybe good. a career change I would probably have Taylor in and they would be paying us for <laughs> uh, Bill, you want to come back in? Yeah, just to say that You know, I think that the person who would be appointed As a deal maker should discuss with the manager and the chief executive what the valuation is they put on the player, and he should then be in, he should then be in a position to go and negotiate and get the deal over the line. I think there's too much of people being identified, and by the time they're identified, the word gets back to Peter Lawwell. There's far far too long a transition period. There should be someone in there to make. Make um, to make wheels move a lot smoother and a lot quicker. Is it only incoming deals you've got a problem with, Bill? Because uh, I would imagine you would be pretty satisfied that some of the figures Celtic have managed to attract for their players in the last few seasons. Yes, I think they have managed to attract a lot of good good players. I think part of the remit of someone who closes deals is always some is also the responsibility of that person to try and move players on who don't fit the criteria that they're looking for. What about on the field then, Bill? You're set up for a massive week. Where are the confidence levels for AIK and then Rangers? Um, I think against AIK it's going to be very, very difficult. If they can keep their head, I think they'll they'll do reasonably well. Um, I, I think as far as the Rangers game is concerned... It's obviously going to be very difficult there and they can't afford to go and play an expansive game. I think they need to be a wee bit more secure. But I think as far as uh, uh, where we're trying to negotiate for Greg Taylor at left back, um, I think Celtic should certainly put a price forward. If they don't get it, they should try for the Derby left back who was with Aberdeen last year. And if they're not successful there... See how Rosenberg do tonight And if Rosenberg don't progress Bring in Melling Max Lowe would be the name That we were looking for there Roger Yeah um, He's been in and out The Derby team this season Under Philip Koku uh, I know they knocked back A bit of about One and a half million From Brentford for him So that tells you The type of, of fee They would be looking for um, Is he a better player Than Greg Taylor? I'm, I'm not 100% sure That he is I, th- I think the least gamble in them all would be Berger Melling, but 
That's a lot easier said than done. There's a lad want to come. He could still be in the Champions League group stage with Rosenborg this season. So that's why I tend to think we'll have to see the next three nights of European football, a couple of nights of Champions League, a night of Europa League, mm. and just see where everyone is come Friday and who becomes available and at what level of cost to Celtic. Tommy Morrison's on Twitter. He's got a suggestion. He says the best deal for Greg Taylor is a million up front plus Jack Hendry and... A youth prospect like Okoflex or Luca Connell on loan for a year. The 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 problem with the Jack Henry thing is Jack Henry's probably on a level of salary that is far higher than any Kilmarnock player is on. So you then need to get into the situation of trying to meet all of Jack Henry's needs. Um and you know, the Celtic want a Luca Connell who's just come into the club and Armstrong Okoflex who who's in the fringes of the first team. Do they want them out? Maybe that doesn't suit Celtic to get those players out So you see fewer and fewer of this type of deal, aren't they? Yeah, that's not to say that that it's going to happen as part of that deal, Gordon That's obviously just a suggestion thrown out there But Celtic have clearly worked that loan market I'm not sure if there are any people who would be prime candidates at the moment But Christopher Iyer went to Kilmarnock yeah. on loan Look how vital he is now Ryan Christie went to Aberdeen mm. on loan Look how vital he is now I don't know, are there any others in there that that, that could benefit from similar experiences? Um, well, the young lad at fullback, Ralston, he's been out, he's with Dundee United and he's tried that. He needs to get out of the club anyway. Uh, I think he's a decent enough player. I think if he goes to a club, you know, obviously smaller than Celtic, which will happen, then I think he could be a good asset to a club. I don't think... Every time I've watched him in the Celtic jersey, he's never let them down. I think he's played very, very well. But he's just unfortunate he doesn't get a run of games and they look elsewhere. Um, I think that if Kamanak are going to do the deal, I'd be looking at money and trying to get the best sort of a loan player in I possibly could to give them a bit more strength as well. Thanks to Bill in Jordan Hill. Thank you for the call on 01419511025. Uh, speaking of perhaps moving players on or, or freeing up some space, Kyle Lafferty today. Roger, he's away to Norway to start the next chapter of his career. Yeah, in the face of it, when, when I first heard about this, I thought really unusual. But then if you look back at Big Kyle's career, mm-hmm. he, he's tended to embrace the unusual move. You know, he had a spell in Italy, he had a spell in Switzerland. I think was he in, was it Turkey as well at one stage of his career? Um, so he's not afraid to go and embrace a new challenge, a new culture, a new league. Um, he fell flat. You know, a year ago, he was a hot ticket. He had done ever so well for Hearts and the Rangers fans were looking forward to him coming back and it just didn't work out for him. So there's a talent there and he's hoping he can relaunch his career over on the continent again because he's done it before. Yeah, because I know there was many people within our top flight, Roger, suggesting, you know, maybe could he end up at a, I don't know, a Motherwell or a Kilmarnock or teams like that. I think that's where most people predicted he would end up, but he's off to Norway. Yeah, as Roger said, he's quite happy to go and try something new, a new country, a new style of football. He's at, you know, a good age now, experienced. He's probably made his money, Gordon. Um, and he'll be just looking for a new challenge He may just look at the Scottish game and think Do you know what? I would like to try something else Fulltime at Clyde1.com That's the address you need if you want to send a question in And hear it getting used on the show Dylan has done that tonight And he's looking for Nine former Scotland internationals So they're not playing anymore They have less than ten English Premier League goals And they have never scored in No sorry, they've never played in Scotland what You've already got Scott Gemmell Graham Alexander Colin Calderwood Dominic Matteo Paul Devlin Three to go I think What about Paul Gallagher? No 
John McGinley from Bolton Dave. Nope Alan Mackey has got a couple But you've got those what, ones What's about the, uh, on Twitter. Not the famous one The less famous Andy Gray Yes I can't believe you got that Because I Well I'll be honest See I can't really remember Him playing Brand- for Scotland Brandon <laughs> City in the Premier uh, League What about Scott Doby West Brom that played under Bertie Vaughan Andy Gray got two caps in 2003 Gordon just in case Because uh, I, I I know you had that look in your uh, face As if uh, to say Yeah uh, Around that Scott Doby No uh, No We're only looking for two more Come on Roger That's an outstanding shout That Andy uh, Gray Yeah I would never Never got that Really it's two caps I've never in got 2003. seven either But mm. You got one of them did you not? Scott Gemmell's my only shout Gordon <laughs> And I'm very proud of it That's a good contribution What, what, what about Paul Dickoff? Did he get in English Premier League? Nope No Give us a clue, Gordon. Okay. Um, one has a brother who also played for Scotland. What year? Older? No. He's now managing in the Scottish Championship. His brother. Oh, Stevie Caldwell. Stephen Caldwell. And the last one has just one of those surnames where you just know he's the only person of that surname that's ever played for Scotland. Nigel Quasi. What a great clue that was Nigel Quasi Well done Thank you Roger Hannan Gordon DL For joining me Gordon Duncan Big thanks as always For the calls For the tweets For keeping us company We'd love to have you back Tomorrow night We start at 6 again In the company of Jim Duffy And Mark Guidi Building up to those Europa League games On Thursday And of course Still keeping an eye On the build up To the big one On Sunday as well Stay where you are In the meantime though Because Callum Gallagher Is up next Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.